Well, it's Remembrance Sunday, and it's made me think as we were as we were contemplating the sacrifice people have made. Do you know, I was a war baby. I was actually born a couple of years into the Second World War. And when I was a child, there were conflicts and wars raging all across the planet, not just in Europe. And I want to tell you that uh, in the 80 years since then, the world is still in a mess. Yes. You know, I, I, maybe they've confined and cut down some of the conflicts, but I want to tell you, we still live in a world full of confusion yes. and conflict yes. and fear. Yes. Yeah? Yes. So it's, it, it, there's been darkness seeming to increase through my lifetime across the planet. But I don't want to depress you this morning because what I want to say is it's often darkness, darkest, darkest, just before the dawn. Yeah? Deep darkness is covering the people. But what does Isaiah say? Arise, shine, for your light has come. However much darkness covers the people, the confusion, the f- fear in the world. I want to tell you the church is turning a corner and moving into a place to be what Jesus said they should be, yeah. Yeah. the light yeah. of the world. Yeah. So I want to talk to you, actually what I want to talk to you about is the theme that's been exciting me lately and uh, the thing that sort of keeps on buzzing around and that is that this new era into which we are moving is going to have as its perhaps its most significant phenomena something that the Bible calls the rebuilding of David's tabernacle, which means the launching of a completely novel form of worship. Worship in the touchable, tactile manifestation of the presence of God amongst his people. We're coming into a presence era, a time when you're not just going to be worshipping someone far out. God is going to dwell in the midst of his people. That's what the David's tabernacle prophecy is all about. And I want to move on from just um, just for those who have not heard me before on this. David's tabernacle was a, a tent that David erected in his newly won capital city of Zion. And um, in that tent, which is probably a common or garden, ordinary Bedouin-style tent, he brought the Ark of the Covenant, the symbolic place of the presence of Almighty God on planet Earth, and that had the Shekinah glory, a glow. Uh, the source of that glow was heaven. There was no wick, there was no, nothing burning. This was the brilliance of the Shekinah glory sat on top of the golden box of the Ark of the Covenant. And David had that brought into Zion, carried into Zion on the shoulders of priests, and he put it in this tent. And for 40 years, 24-7, 
every day of the year, worship went on in the glowing presence of God. He actually appointed and employed teams of worship leaders so that worship would go on, sung worship 24-7 in David's tent, tabernacle. So the special thing was not the tent, it was the presence. God was there. When you walked into the tent, you, you, you were sunbathing in the brilliance of the presence of God. And that is what is going to be rebuilt, according to prophecy, in the last days. And we believe we are moving into the last days. And so that's what, a bit about what we mean by David's tabernacle. And so um, this is exciting. You see, David's tabernacle was in Zion, in the heart of the nation of Israel, the Jews. And so the first tabernacle was for Jews. But what it says in prophecy, that the rebuilt, restored David's tabernacle in the last days will be for Gentiles. He's going to do it again for us. Yeah, he's going to do it again. For, he's going to dwell amongst his people. He's going to presence himself in worshipping companies. And in fact, even today's prophets are confirming this because they're saying there are going to be houses of glory springing up across our land where the presence of the Lord is special. Yeah. It's rich. And we believe we are wanting to be one of those houses of glory and revive, Yes? a place where God is, a place where you meet God, a place where you encounter God every time you come together to worship. Yeah? So that's what's making me excited. Even though when you look at the world and the wars for the past 80 years, you could get depressed. I want to tell you I'm excited because I believe that's the darkness which is just before the dawn. When the church lights up, I want to tell you it's going to affect the world. Yeah. Yeah. God's going to bring the turning point from the church to the world. But the first thing he has to do is work with his church. Let me get onto my notes and not just talk, all right? Okay. So I've told you why I'm excited today and what is exciting me. It is what I've come to call Zion worship. Zion is the uh, spiritual name for, the, for Jerusalem, the, the place of God's people. Yeah? And uh, it was there that the presence of God was. And, of course, spiritual Zion today is the church. So it's going to be in Zion. So whether it's at David's time amongst the people of Israel or whether it's today as we move into the rebuilding of David's tabernacle, it's still Zion worship, because we are Zion, yeah? We're the body of Christ, and so on. So, I want to try and share with you a little bit more about this theme. I was just recapping then, really, what I've been talking about each time I come to talk about David's tabernacle. And I want to try to share with you a little bit of what Zion worship might look like, or will look like, and how we move towards that goal, okay, of being a Zion worship place, a house of glory, a house of prayer. 
Yeah? And so, let's have a look at prophecy. And um, first of all, I want to say that David's tabernacle was a humble tent, uh, probably made of poles and material and guy ropes. If you want to find out how it was constructed, you probably have to consult the Apostle Paul because he was a tent maker by trade. Uh, but it was a tent. It was just an ordinary tent, okay? Outside, it looked ordinary. Inside, it was fabulous because the presence of God was there. And that's uh, an interesting thing. What we're seeking today, Revive, what we're seeking today is not primarily premises, it's presence. Yeah? yeah? yeah. When you've got the presence of God in a place, it doesn't matter what the yeah. tent's like. Yeah. You've got to have the presence. So what we're seeking is not better premises, but more presence. Yeah. We want the presence of God among his worshipping people. And so that's sort of where we're going now. The difference between David's tabernacle and the one that we're moving into today, the restored tabernacle, is quite simply, David's tabernacle was made by hands, by David's tent makers, if you like. But I want to show you that the restored tabernacle is going to be made by God, and he's making it out of people. Okay? So David's tabernacle in the future is not going to be under the tent. Let me read you a picture of it from the Bible, okay? The answer God has is to replace or restore David's tabernacle, but to build it himself. And I'm going to read out to you a picture of the uh, eventual culmination and goal of what David's tabernacle restored will look like in the last days. And because it's the last days, you can find it right at the end of the Bible in the last few chapters of the book of Revelation. This is what's being rebuilt, and it's starting to really take shape now and in the very near future, I believe. Right, so Revelation chapter 21. This is Zion. This is the rebuilt David's tabernacle. And what does John say? I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, Zion, if you like, descending out of the heavenly realm from the presence of God. It's all about presence. Like a pleasing bride that had been prepared for her husband, adorned for her wedding. There'd been a lot of preparation got into this. Yeah? This new tent made of people. Okay? And I heard a thunderous roar, a voice from the throne saying, Look, God's tabernacle, there's the word, God's tabernacle is with human beings. Or that preposition could be with human beings, in human beings, among human beings. God has come to dwell with and in men. Okay? God's tabernacle is with human beings. And from now on, he will tabernacle with them as their God. See? It's David's tabernacle. But not the Jewish one. The church one. Okay? He will tabernacle with them as their God. And now God himself will have his home with them. 
and God with them will be their God. That's the Passion, passion Translation. You know Brian Simmons' Passion Translation of Revelation 21 in the first few verses. And so here this beautiful picture of the bride is actually where we're going. Yeah? Let me put my finger on the scripture here. Okay? Now in your mind, put your finger on the passage about the bride. In your, you can do it if you've got it on your phone. And say, that's me. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm heading. That's the ultimate destination of the church. It's the bride. It's the rebuilt David's tabernacle, now built by God and built of men. Yeah, the dwelling place of God is men. Zion worship is about God coming in and living in his house. People. Yeah? And so that's where we're going. That's why I'm excited. I know there are dark things happening in the world all over the place, but God's got a plan. And he's told us about it. He's described it. We're going to be part of a glorious company where God loves to live. To be there. Yeah? To be there. Okay, let me read a bit more detail then. This is a couple of chapters earlier, still in Revelation chapter 19. Start from verse 6. It's still talking about the bride, but listen. Then I heard what seemed to be the thunderous voice of a great multitude. The church is a, a corporate body, isn't it? A great multitude crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice. The atmosphere of David's tabernacle was rejoicing in the presence of God. Let us rejoice and exalt him and give him glory because the wedding celebration of the Lamb has come and his bride, or his tabernacle if you like, his bride has made herself ready Say, made herself ready. ready. The bride makes herself ready. Who's the bride? There's work to do. There's preparation to do. We're going somewhere, but we have to pack for the journey. (laughs) We have to change our ways. We have to plan. Yeah? The bride has made herself ready. So that's the process which is now finished. The David's tabernacle era will still be a process as we get closer and closer to God and learn to be his people. And he is living in us in our normal everyday lives. It's a time of Zion worship. Made herself ready. Verse 8. Fine linen shining bright and clear has been given to her to wear. Say, given to her. Okay? She's made herself ready. Say it. With clothes that have been given to her. Say, given to her. Okay? So, 
And what is that close? Let, let me just finish the verse. And the fine linen represents the righteous deeds of the saints, or as Brian Simmons calls them, the holy believers. Yeah? Yes. What's this fine linen? Righteous deeds. You see, we get this idea that because we stand in his righteousness alone, that we don't have to do anything. But I want to tell you, in this bride, in this tabernacle, you have to be prepared. You have to prepare yourself. And although he gives you his righteousness because yours is no good, you have to put it on. Right. It's no good leaving your robe of righteousness in the wardrobe and just bringing it out on Sunday mornings. Yeah? yeah? Who, who's born again? Yeah. Who's part of the church? Yeah. Who's part of the body of Christ? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who's been given robes of righteousness? Yeah. Who's wearing them today? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> It's Sunday morning, you ought to be wearing them. <laughs> it's no good leaving them in the wardrobe Monday to Saturday. We have to put into practice what he has given us. Yes. Yeah? Righteousness is a combination of gift and graft. He gives you righteousness, but you have to put it on. You have to do it. Yes. You have to do something about it. You have to act on what he has given you. You have to put the robe of righteousness on. Yes. And it's something you probably have to do every day. And sometimes you don't deserve it. (laughs) Because the real you is still used to filthy rags. Yeah? We have to put on the righteousness of Christ. We have to do something. We have to act. Now, where am I in my nose? (laughs) And so this is the bride, which is the ultimate uh, expression of the rebuilding of David's tabernacle. Not a tent made with hands, but a tent made of people where God wants to live the bride. Okay? And so we have a picture, a wonderful picture of where we're eventually going. But there's something else here, not just the, the fact that uh, we have to get on with preparing ourselves and, and so on, but a simple fact, the bride is pictured as a woman. Feminine. And when you actually start reading your Bible and looking for it, you'll find that Zion and the church are invariably referred to in the feminine gender. It's she. It's her. Yeah? And even nations, the Israeli nation could be uh, referred to in the feminine gender. You see, Zion is referred to as she and her. And in fact, it's sometimes called a woman or or women. But there's one which is often cropping up in prophecy. Zion is called the daughter of Zion. Feminine. Yeah? The daughter of Zion. 
And um, I just want to go to another picture. We've looked at the picture of the bride as the, the culmination of, of where we're going in David's tabernacle era. But I want to look at how we start off <laughs> on that road, okay? Because it's a process, all right? And the other picture is where Jesus himself fulfills five and six hundred year old prophecies by riding into Zion on a little donkey. Yeah? This is the king coming into Zion. And we're in a, a stage now where I believe the king is ready to come in to Zion, to houses of glory, if you like, up and down the land, to be present. And so, I want to look at that picture of, uh, of Jesus. Let me, let me just read the... I'll read the Zechariah one. This is 500 or so years before Jesus actually did it. And Zechariah says, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. There's the feminine again. Cry out, daughter of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and he is able to save and he is humble, riding on a colt, the foal of a donkey. We know that actually happened. Five and, I think in Zephaniah's case, probably 600 years before it actually happened, 2,000 years ago, yeah? So Jesus fulfilled a specific daughter of Zion prophecy by riding into Zion on a colt, because that's what the prophecy said. And that is a picture of how this Zion worship and David's tabernacle situation will begin. So we've seen the, the ultimate, the bride, what it'll end up like. But how do we start? Where are we going in the near future? It's like Christ's triumphal entry into Zion. Yeah? To start it all off. Okay, let me read it, all right? And we'll see what I'm talking about. In Matthew 21, starting at verse 6, you've got the story of how they acted out a 600-year-old prophecy. Yeah? I'll read from verse 6. So the two disciples went on ahead and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and her coat to him, and placed their shawls, uh, prayer shawls and cloaks on the colt. This is Brian Simmons, by the way, again, the Passion. And Jesus rode on it. Then an exceptionally large crowd gathered and carpeted the road before him with their cloaks and prayer shawls. Others cut down branches from trees to spread in his path. And Jesus rode in the center of the procession, crowds going before him and crowds coming behind him. And they all shouted, Hosanna, or as Brian Simmons puts it, bring the victory, Lord, son of David. He comes with the blessings of being sent from the Lord, Yahweh. We celebrate with praises to God in the highest. Wow. What a glorious 
celebration, procession that was, with crowds and even kids <laughs> shouting Hosanna as Jesus rode on a humble little colt into Zion. That's the picture of the beginning of things for the tabernacle of David or Zion worship. The king comes in. We are getting ourselves ready to welcome the king in Zion worship in our gatherings. Yeah? That's where we're going. And so we can look at this and learn from it how to get from here to there. Yeah? And what happened there? Well, first of all, there was a little colt, untrained, not used to carrying human beings, no previous background, baggage. And Jesus sat on the colt, and they led him in to Jerusalem. Why a colt? This is the King of Kings. This is the Lord of Lords. He ought to have had a majestic stallion, a war horse to ride on. But the trouble is that if he had a mount that would suit his rank, if you like, he would be so out of reach. He would be all up there somewhere and you just stand back in awe. But what happened? Jesus humbled himself and chose to ride on a small, young donkey. What happened? He was close enough to touch. And I believe that where we're going is a time when the presence of God will be so rich in our worship times, he'll be close enough to touch. Times of encounter are ahead as we move into the time of David's tabernacle being rebuilt as the bride. And that's the process. We don't know how long it'll take. David's tabernacle was up for 40 years. That was their way of worship at the heart of Zion for 40 years. I don't know how long this era will be. It doesn't have to be 40 years, but it does have to be time to be the eventual bride without spot or wrinkle or blemish. There's some work to go on yet. But we start off by welcoming the king. And how did they welcome the king? They cut down, first of all, branches, palm branches maybe, but they were fresh green branches that were cut and they were strewn in the path. The the pathway into Zion was carpeted with branches, palm branches speak of praise. Yeah, they were waving them and they were strewing them down. And so the way into Zion was carpeted with praise. Yeah. Okay? The way into Zion, this is important. Praise and worship is part of the way in to where we're going. So the way into Zion was carpeted with praise. And what was the other thing they did? Well, the, the Jewish men used to wear prayer shawls. I won't go into all the... You could do a Bible study on prayer shawls, but basically they spoke of their prayer life. And what did they do? They carpeted the way into Zion with their prayer life. 
Okay? Number three, what else did they do? They took off their outer coats or cloaks, and they also used them to carpet the way into Zion for the king. Yeah? And the coat or cloak that they were wearing spoke of their lifestyle. Yeah? We saw in the bride's picture yes. the, 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 um, the fine linen that she was given to wear is the righteous deeds. It's their lifestyle. That's good. Yeah? And so the cloaks that they put for the colt to walk on carrying Jesus into Zion was prayer and praise and lifestyle. There's some preparation to do. We need to up our game in praise and worship, in prayer and intercession, and in godly living. Yeah? This is preparation, folks. And who, who, who's that one we were appointed to? The bride? It's me. So I'm the one that's got to prepare. I've got to look at my prayer life. I've got to look at my praise and worship performance. <laughs> I've got to look at my lifestyle and the way I live out what Jesus has given me. I'm looking at the time it's because <laughs> Chris has, uh, was talking to me about the time. We'll be finishing shortly because I think, I think I've done enough to give you an idea of why I'm so excited about where we're going. Yeah? yeah. So when, when I talk about David's tabernacle in the future, there's a beautiful picture of what it would be like right at the end on the threshold of eternity, and we call that the bride of Christ. The, the wedding of the lamb has come, the bride has made herself ready. Okay, that's the finish of all the preparation. But then we looked at the other picture, which is the triumphal entry into Zion. Yeah? And as Jesus was riding along on that little donkey, he was consciously not only fulfilling five and six hundred year old prophecy, but he was actually modeling something that had happened one thousand years before when David took the ark of the presence of God with a similar riotous celebratory praising yeah. group and took the ark into Zion, up the same road and in through the same gate as Jesus rode with the colt. And so a thousand years before, at the time of the beginning of David's tabernacle, the presence of God was carried into Zion on the shoulders of priests. In Jesus' time, a thousand years later, Jesus himself, who is the presence of God, he is God, yes. was carried into the same place through the same gate, yeah, to the temple by a little colt. Yeah. And so it happened again. I want to tell you that today, Jesus is ready to come in. It's time to welcome the king. It's time to prepare ourselves to be the bride. It's time to look to our prayer lives, our praise and worship lives, and our lives in general.